any business, if you're staying the same, you're going down. You just don't know it yet. So we all, in order to live, thrive, and succeed, um, always have to be looking at how to make things better, no matter what what it is, no matter if it's you know your bottom line and your business, or working yourself on on yourself as a person, and understanding as a person how do I fit into this greater picture. Welcome to the Spirit Change Podcast. Super excited to have guest Laura Yamanaka in the room. Laura is the president and founder of Team CFO. She has been in business for 22 years. I am super excited about this conversation. Laura, thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you so much, Angela. It's so much fun to sit down and talk about different things, especially things we would not normally speak of. So thank you for inviting me. For sure, for sure. I always start out this Fair Change podcast trying to get to know the guests a little bit more. So what is one word that describes you and why? Um, well, I chose the word eclectic. And I think um, on different days, if you ask me, I probably have different words. But I think so many times when we are talking with different our world is so siloed right now and that we have friends and associates for different parts of our lives and many times especially uh because of remote and you know the fact that we're international those groups don't inter intertwine and so it's very easy for certain groups of people to only see you in one dimension and i feel i have a lot of different pods and a lot of different interests so that's why i said eclectic but it may or may not be. I mean, I'm sure you don't see me that way <laughs> of how we know each other, but uh, maybe this will be the opportunity to explore other things, right? Right, right. You know, that's so fascinating. So I grew up in the world, world of accounting as well. And I was told the entire time, Angela, you do not fit the mold of an accountant. And, you know, I'm always like, what the heck is a mold? What the heck is a mold, right? Um, so we always... <laughs> <laughs> I love that. But we always put people in these boxes, right? And so yes. I love the fact that your primary focus is finance, accounting, and that you have so many different facets. And ideally, we'll be able to talk a little bit about those as we go on today. So when you think about a, a spare change moment, I always introduce it as this, this moment in time where you either had to make this life-changing decision, right? or you had to make a decision how you were going to show up or how you were going to lead through this moment that you're in. You didn't quite know how it was going to impact you, um, but on the other end, you see how you've been spared by it. It's created something new. So Laura, what is your spirit change moment that you'd like to kick off the conversation with? Well, I think um, the spirit change moment is actually the way I met you. Angela, right? And, and um, that we were both in a situation, in a mutual situation where we had the, and I framed this um, with this word, the opportunity to, in retrospect, really challenge from a personal perspective, my, my personal principles and how I viewed myself and how I viewed the world. And it was, um, and what's interesting to me about, you know, when you say spare change, I mean, moments, it, it, it's not like somebody comes down and says, you are going to have a spare change moment, right? It's, it's you, 
we all go into the life. We all do different things. We have different responsibilities and you're just going through and plowing through and doing them. And so I think prospectively, I really didn't, I didn't know it was going to be a significant moment or, or period of time. And in retrospect, significant, right? Mm -hmm. So um, it's a rear view spared change moment to me. Right. And, you know, most of the time, and you, you said it so eloquently, most of the time, you know, when we're going through these seasons of change, we really don't know how it's going to impact us. You know, it's not until we actually look back and see the lessons that we've learned mm -hmm. and see what we've actually been able to create or, you know, develop from it, um, that we realize, wow, this is a spare change moment, right? And so, you know, when you think about, you you talked a bit about that, that situation and how you were able to show up differently, but you had mentioned that possibly your principles were challenged. Could you touch a little bit on that? I think that so many times, I think for the most part, we all feel that we're principled people, right? Mm -hmm. you know, everybody, no, I very rarely have I met anybody who says I am a terrible person or I have horrible principles. We all grow and we think that we have um, good principles, that we're good people, that how we operate is, is you know, very honorable. And we've usually, unless we're children, have lived a lifetime of supposedly, um, living those principles and acting on those principles, surrounding ourselves from people who validate us regarding those principles. And so it is, and, and we, and it, well, I'm going to say from my perspective, that's not something that I really routinely challenged because at this grand old age, I thought, you know, I'm pretty much, I knew myself and I had things down and, um, and life's life, <laughs> anytime you think you got things wired, life has a way, I think, of, of, of challenging you, putting you in situations and helping you grow. Mm -hmm. And so, um, it, like I said before, you enter into situations and you don't think it's going to be a life-changing moment or I'm going to learn from this. You kind of think, or from my perspective at my age, based on what I've done, you kind of entered situations, you've had this, you know, lifetime of experience of how what's worked what hasn't worked how you the box that you perceive yourself to be in mm -hmm. and how you're going to handle things and I think that I had the privilege in retrospect even at the time I did not think so of really getting an opportunity to re-examine myself through the lens of many different people who came from a large cross-section of of um geographies, perspectives, and to really challenge how I have viewed things, my, my lifetime of looking at things and seeing what was really what I call true, what held, right? Based on all those uh, experiences and maybe things that haven't held. And, you know, so it was a matter of, of feeling very, um, well, I'd say comforting, but it was good to <laughs> it was good to look at the foundations and say, "Oh yeah, I believe this. This is how this works. This is how it works in the greater world." People perceive me as having those, you know, those foundations. So it's not only am I thinking that it's it's actuated, right? People can see it. And on the other hand, there's things that didn't hold up 
to that to that scrutiny and self-reflection and 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 were triggered from perspectives from the outside so you know and i think about even over the time that we you and i met you think you know we were we met right around 2020 2021 first you know latter part of 2020 first part of 2021 and there was so much going on in the world. So here we are, we're, we're thrust into this, you know, into our own separate corners of the world. Yes. So there's already this lack of connection almost yeah. um, as a society, you know, yep. trying to figure out how do we create connections in a world where we're already unconnected. Um, and then we had the social unrest that was going on right after the death of George Floyd. And then there were several other deaths after that. And so, you know, even as you talk about just challenging your principles, it was over that time where we saw so many opinions, you know, so many varying opinions on on how our world should really be operating, right? And, well, and, and not only how should it be, how it really is operating. That's true. That's true. Speak to that a little bit. I think many people um, for the first time were put in positions where they had to, you couldn't help but have to look at situations. And frankly, there were also situations where we, we came to realize that people always had been looking at that situation. It wasn't just, you know, everybody's ignorant and whatever. There were, there were many different levels of, um, I'm going to say focus, mm -hmm. because maybe people looked, but they weren't focusing. It was blurry. And the, as we start to look at things, um, situations became clearer. Situations, um, you realize that um, different groups were looking at different things and that you may belong to a group that was very homogeneous in their thoughts and you thought the world thought that way, but you might not be also. Or you thought people all looked at things the same way and they didn't. So it was a very, it, 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 to me, a, a very big time of, um, it was just, it was uncomfortable, I believe, for the greater part of the world to be challenged on how things were. I think some people felt hopeful because of it. And some people, I think, and, and still feel very uncomfortable, you know. You know, one of, one of the things that you had said as you were talking is you had the privilege to challenge your views. You know, and I wanted to, if you could elaborate just a little bit on that, because I think that oftentimes we don't see it as a privilege to challenge our views, right? Especially when you're dealing with multiple people, multiple um, thoughts that are part of the conversation. And now here you are having to, having to explore your own thoughts, your own views, principles, et cetera, right? So how do you, for those people that might not be as introspective, like how do you help them see the privilege in challenging their views? Well, I think most people don't go, oh, cool. I get to <laughs> get to examine myself, except for the people who like to do that, and, you know, and, but I think those people are very much, unfortunately, in the minority. I think most of us are out there just trying to live our lives and get by. So and I, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just saying, I think that anybody who is not in that situation, who has the 
the ability and the opportunity to, to really relook at yourself or society or whatever. Um, after you get over the initial, oh, you know, one more thing I need to do and you know, do I really need to feel uncomfortable and why am I doing this? You can look at it in another way of saying this is this is a great privilege, you know, an opportunity to move better. And that when you really look at, you do a lot of reading and seeing. I mean, we we don't say it, stay in stasis. I mean, if we do, you know what we're going to get. We, you know, I have the saying, Team CFO, at any business, if you're staying the same, you're going down. You just don't know it yet. So we all, in order to live, thrive, and succeed. Um, always have to be looking at how to make things better, no matter what, what it is, no matter if it's, you know, your bottom line in your business or working yourself on, on yourself as a person and understanding as a person, how do I fit into this greater picture of, of whatever community you're in right now? And where does that community is, is never just isolated by ourselves. So, you know, this world, we all connect and we're all part of a bigger thing. So it's making that recognition, whether you want to or not, that you're part of something bigger. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, one of the things that I wrote down that you said, if you're staying the same, then you're not getting better, you're not growing. And you even think about it from a leadership perspective, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you, you know, in, in many cases, um, when situations come, come up where your principles are being challenged mm -hmm. and you're in leadership, mm -hmm. it's so easy sometimes to just quote unquote, take the easy route yeah. for, you know, for sake of the organization or for sake of the team, yes. Yes. right? Yeah. But true leadership is about really taking a step back and examining your principles, examining the values of the organization and really questioning whether or not they're aligned. Mm -hmm. and I think from a leadership perspective, you have to focus on that alignment. And if you are misaligned, then to your point, you're not growing. Right. You're not going in the direction that you're supposed to be going in. And so you have to really pause in those moments um, and really begin to see and challenge not only your own personal principles, but also what, it, what message is this sending to the world? Yep. Um, what message is this sending to our community and how is it making us better yep. or not? I, I think that uh, when you said, you know, earlier about looking at leadership and going with the easier thing, um, I don't say, I don't call that easy anymore. I call that kind of, you, you know, you, you nowadays you're on maintenance mode and maintenance is bad. Like, you know, in the, I, I relate this to the business world because that's, that's how I primarily speak no one is in maintenance mode, right? And we all know that if you don't constantly try to be better or improve your, whatever it is, your operations, your financing, your top line, your bottom line, whatever, you know, you are not going to go anywhere. And that is kind of like a basic law of physics in a way, I, I, you know, that why do we think that only applies to business? It doesn't, right? And and if you think about this, that business is an organization within society, 
right? It's not business and then society, it's business and then society over it, that you've got all these theoretically businesses, organizations moving, trying to get better, that we have to really understand that society that is that we're all fitting under the umbrella of, and is it bouncing up and down underneath the umbrella and crashing? Or is the society flexible enough, open enough to try to say, you know, this worked a hundred years ago or 50 years ago, is it working now? And particularly with, with the internationalization of everything, with social media, with the internet, the, that, that boundary of, of, of the umbrella of things, in some ways, if you stay local, or what, and I don't mean local geographically, I mean, whatever, you know, if you stay the smaller part before these things are, you're going to bounce up and down and you're not even going to know it. All you experience is why are things so much harder? And I do see that there are a lot of people and organizations who are saying, why is this so hard? And it's because we had an artificial artificial bubble, I think, around us. And now that that bubble is, is we're aware of it. We're, you know, it, it's more apparent to us. We can see it. We're more educated. We are, we have the luxury of understanding what's been happening in this world. It's been happening all along. I just think some people just never realized it until boom, you know, all of a sudden they're out of business or, you know, they, they feel differently in the community that they live in. So it, I look at it as a privilege because we have the choice, right? And so to me, that's what privilege means is you're having the choice. Privilege is to me is not, you can define it, you know, okay, people who have money, blah, 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 opportunity. And it's been and all is, but if you look down at each and every one of us, what I think privilege is the most common denominator of privilege is, is having individual choice for whatever. Yeah. Now we're not all going to have the same choices, and, and that's a different conversation, right? But at least at the base level, we each have the choice of looking at things and seeing what we can do within ourselves to impact not only us, but the, the, the communities that we operate in, live in, work in, yeah. or aspire to. Yeah, you know, you bring up some great points. And, you know, even thinking about just making an impact on the communities that you're part of. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to your point, we, we make choices mm -hmm. on where we live, where we work, how we engage. Yes. And, you know, when your principles are, you know, are um, bumped, if you mm -hmm. would, you know, in any of these spaces, now you have to make a choice. You know, how are you going to show up? you have to make a choice. Are you going to give that community, that business, that you, you fill in a blank? Are you going to give them the choice to do things differently? And, you know, and if not, what are the courses, what, what's the course, your next course of action? Because again, you know, we have to be cognizant, cognizant, excuse me, of how we show up and how we engage. And I think that all of those are important and everything that you said and the illustration that you gave was fabulous because we're, you know, we are constantly, if, if we're not growing, we are, it, it does become harder. Um, and you, and it starts to show up in yep. our numbers. <laughs> you're from a business. It, does. it, it shows up anyway, but for me, it's so obvious, you know, in, in the numbers. 
and I always like to tell people, many times people, and again, we're speaking in the business context, they don't want to choose, right? I don't want to go there. We haven't done there. I don't want to, you know, engage or do something different. And I like to, to point out that that is a decision, right? Your decision to not engage is the decision that you're, you're choosing a different road. So just don't, just because you're like, I want to ignore things and maybe it'll go away and it's, it's worked out fine before and maybe it'll roll, um, maybe, because like, you know, I'm not Warren Buffett. I don't know. I'm not, you know, right? If I were Warren Buffett, if this were true, even 90% of the time, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you probably, Angela. Right. <laughs> but your decision not to decide is a decision. And so whether we like it or not, sometimes the world is binary. You take an action or you don't take an action. Mm -hmm. You know, in each, each, it's going to go in different ways, right? right? Yeah, that's so true. It's so valid in that you think about just what I do with change management. Mm -hmm. You have to make a choice. You can't, uh, you know, to your point, avoidance is a choice. Yeah, it is. If you want to manage through it and manage through it effectively and transform whatever platform community that you're part of, your business, uh, your association, your jobs, whatever, you have to make the conscious decision that we are going to show up and we're going to show up differently. You know, we're going to challenge status quo and we're going to do things according to our mission, our vision, our values, you know, and if, and again, going back to the word alignment, and if it doesn't align, we have to challenge it. And we need, and from a leadership perspective, we need everyone engaged mm -hmm. and moving in the same direction. And if not, we're going to be divided. And so, you know, so those are conversations, crucial conversations that you have to have, um, especially over times like these, because truthfully, 2020 is, I mean, this is 2022 and it still feels the same. Yep. And you still have these bold statements that are being made. You still have these divisive conversations and these lines that are being drawn and principles are challenged, but how are you showing up individually? You know, and I think that that's the message that we're conveying in this podcast or this episode now is just like, how are you showing up? What are yeah. your principles? And are you challenging your own views in some of those cases? Yep. I, I think that that's so true because even if you choose not to show up, you are showing up. You're showing up in the way, in a way that you, you can't opt out is what I'm saying. So if you, once you realize that, and I think most people do want choices for the most part, they want to be able to make decisions. So if you are going to be in this situation anyway, then maybe it's, it's, it's going to be hard. No one says it's easy, right? No, I mean, nothing, nothing is easy all the time. You know, you might thinking, well, eating cheesecake is easy for a moment, right? <laughs> you pay the price after it's, it's not going to be easy. And when you're trying to like exercise those pounds off or, or eat, eat your way back to better health. But I just think that, that if, if, that we either have to look at the situation that we are in and make it work for you, or it's going to work against you. 
right? Or you're just going to be part of this, you're just going to be buffeted along within the storm. So that's why most people, I do believe, want to have the choice. If you want to have the choice, you need to start looking deep down because if you don't, and if you try to go on with the way you have been, it's not going to work, right? The, the, the universe is not, the context is not where we are right now, right? And if, if things have accelerated. So you can't just, you can't just operate on the status quo because if you do, you, you just need to be prepared. Well, I guess you can, you can, it's your choice, sure. but do not be surprised at many of the things that are occurring that didn't happen before, but are going to happen now, because even if you feel you don't want to change, outside has changed all around you. That so, umbrella has gotten smaller and smaller. You know, one thing that you, 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 you triggered me as you were talking about choices, the one thing that I did want to bring up and highlight um, is that everyone, I want everyone to realize that, yes, we all come to the tables with our own experiences, our own views that really shape our choices, right? Yeah. And how we, and, and, and I want to pause here because I think what I learned over that period of time uh -huh. is really having conversations to understand yeah. and not conversations to refute. Yeah. Because oftentimes when we're put in these situations where our principles, we, you know, our principles or our values aren't necessarily the same as the next person, then it will typically shut down. That is our nature is to shut down. You know, I launched the We Are Project in 2020 to, first of all, to, to highlight the disparities that are going on, but part of the, part of the um, project inside are these conversation cards where you can begin to talk about your unique differences that you bring to the table because we're not used to talking about our differences. Yep. And the first thing we wanna do is argue them. And so I can appreciate you know, the time that we came together it, because yes, we were challenged in so many ways, but the one thing that I think that I pulled from it and is that we can disagree, but we can have these meaningful, rich conversations to understand each other, um, but to also figure out, well, what do we do next? How, you know, here's your opinion, here's my opinion, here's what we learned. Now, how is that going to benefit the whole? And I think that that was the biggest lesson that I learned over that time. What about you? What was one of the lessons that you learned over that time? I mean, I think you you kind of nailed that on the head because coming out of the finance world, I'm like pretty much, here's the facts, here's the spreadsheet, duh, right? I mean, as far as the conclusions. And I never really valued or understood um, how much conversation and communication, not on paper and formulas and facts, toys, right? But actually having dialogue, real dialogue, not, not just the social niceties, but, but the real, um, what, are, what are you really saying? Do I really understand what you're really saying? Where is that coming from and why, right? And how, how does that relate to me? You know, what's my mirror or non-mirror 
experience that causes me to look at the same situation and have a, a totally different reaction. And once you start to um, try on, I said, different, different, I think I mentioned earlier to you that it's like clothes, all of our, everything who we are, are just layers of clothes that we put on. Our experiences are just layers of different clothes that we put on and that we go out and we face that world. And that those are all based on our experiences, what we've been taught, you know, genetically who we are, biologically, culturally, educationally, you name it, right? And it's so, so often we don't even really realize it. I mean, I didn't think about it, right? You just think of yourself in the demographic that how society labels you, in my case, Asian woman, right? And that you make a whole slew of assumptions based on labels that may or may not be true, but it is incredibly unhelpful when you're starting to have conversations to, to try to make effect change um, on specifics and then understand what is it doing to the umbrella. So I think that from my perspective, um, I agree that that communication, it's, it's, we were an engine and that was the oil. And we could have ran an engine, we wouldn't have gone very far without any oil, right, over time. But I think that spending the time, because that was the other thing, it was like, do we have to spend all this time talking, right? It was just, oh my God. And in retrospect, yes, we did right to to affect those change i think that is so counter to what we're experiencing in society too nowadays because um because everybody's trying to do things faster better cheaper easier and as a result there's a lot of shortcuts that occur you know through social media through texting through whatever and you know the text emails webinars everything do not take the place of conversation back and forth they are not as strong and it does take time it does take time but you know what those connections and bonds those foundations that are being made are much stronger than something built on a bunch of texts that could come crumbling down it's artificial so i realized um, communication was really important a lot more important than i thought it was worth the investment in the time it was um I never really had thought about my whole example of like how we're the product of, of all our different experiences and the layers of clothes. And I felt that um, during our conversations, many times we were taking off clothes. Yeah, being vulnerable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was not comfortable. Yeah, it was, it was not, well, let me let, rip off my coat. You know, I'm very comfortable with what I am. And, uh, um, I think everybody had, I do credit the, the whole working group for being, and the support around that of, of people being um, supportive of frankly that vulnerability. I mean, I think that if, if, if even one person did not have that perspective and had, for whatever reason, couldn't get there, um, it could have been very different in, in, in how that worked out for us in the end. So, Laura, for that listener who might be in that space right now where their principles are being challenged and yeah. tested, what would you say to them in closing? It's okay to want to run away. 
It's okay to run a, want to quit. It's okay to feel whatever you're feeling and, and acknowledge it, right? And to, to just, to not try to put things in a box, I think. Um, so many times that you, for one, you don't know you're that in that situation until you are, and you're not gonna know you went through it until you look back, right? So when you're experiencing all those difficulties that don't think, don't say oh, it's because I'm overworked or I'm having family problems or you know all these other excuses, I wish I had chocolate, um, I'm on a new diet, that, that peel it back to see why you're having that discomfort. And then it's okay to sit with it because it's gonna sit with you whether you like it or not, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not gonna go away if you eat more chocolate or work harder or buy something you know, that you want off the internet or go out to dinner or have a drink or whatever. All those things aren't gonna work. So you have to sometimes just go through the actual process, feel the discomfort. And then when you're okay, you know, meaning that you're not okay, okay, but when you can move to something else, start to really think about why you're feeling that discomfort and, and how that's impacting, how's that gonna impact your life tomorrow for that next meeting, for that next call, for the next month, for the next project, for the next year, for that next, for my community here, for my community here, for my community here, everybody under the umbrella, how's it pushing the umbrella up, right? Mm -hmm. as, as far as that goes. And I know I'm talking in metaphors and I'm not <laughs> you know, as far as that goes, but I would say that they, you know, know that you're not alone. And that's probably the biggest thing. You are not the only person to go through these things. In fact, many people are going and you're not going to find out until you've gone through it and everybody's going, wow, I was feeling the same thing. How come we never spoke about it? And I think that's the biggest thing. Like you spoke about, you know, conversation, communication, being so critical to the process earlier. And in retrospect, I now understand why we have to spend so much time on it. Maybe that's the answer and has been all along. Mm -hmm. I think that historically we did talk more because we didn't have text and emails and, you know, whatever's and webinars and, TV and video games and one-way communication. We have to spend more time um, in actual conversation. And that is to me, um, it's not a luxury anymore. Maybe it's having to go back to some basics and spending some time there and understanding who to have those conversations with and understanding it's not, I'm trying to get you to, to change your perspective, to agree with me. I'm trying to learn. Right, and if we both start to learn, we can create something bigger and better. Yeah. And, and it's not, and it's not going to be easy because nothing good ever is, right? Yeah, yeah. And you think about that internal work that we do during seasons of change. Um, it 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 requires us to constantly check in with ourselves, see where we're at, um, see how we're doing, you know, but most importantly, 
Yeah, we don't want to do that. You know, it's so hard to do that. Um, but it's so important for our growth. And I love how you said earlier, maintain, maintaining is just bad, right? And maintaining so this, is going down. I mean, and that's why you feel bad. Yeah. And so, this, so, you know, so what I've gained from this is when our principles are being tested, really self-reflect, see how you're doing, see what is going on, what has been challenged. And most importantly, how can you grow from this season that you're in? Um, and how can you have those critical conversations of vulnerability that's not only going to um, support you and your growth, but ideally build relationships that um, are meaningful and relationships that will move you and your community, your organization forward. Lord, thank you so much for being part of the Spare Change podcast. Oh my goodness, such a rich conversation. I truly appreciate you and look forward to hearing from you again in the future. <laughs> I had a wonderful day. Thank you, Angela, for giving us the time to, to think about these things. I appreciate you tuning in to this episode of Spare Change. Be sure to stay connected for future episodes. You can follow me on social media or visit my website at AngelaRGarman.com. Talk to you soon.